When it comes to the second half of your life, you deserve the opportunity to thrive. That's why Doug Bentle founded Second Half Capital. Doug, you were not always a fiduciary financial advisor. You were a little kid at one time. I was. And I can't wait to find out one day when I talk to one of your siblings what kind of little kid you were. But do you remember your folks having the talk with you as a kid? You know, the whole Uh, birds and bees situation? The talk. Uh, Actually, uh, that whole topic was kind of mums the word in our household. For that generation, for sure. Yeah, and and so we skirted around it. My dad had one conversation with one of my brothers and I in the car. Um, Seems like a dad thing to do. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what happened with my sisters. Um, You certainly weren't going to ask them. I remember in in grade school, I went to Catholic grade school. They separated boys and girls, Mm -hmm. and they had a priest come in and and talk to us, and it was just awkward. Mine was more awkward with my parents at home. Hey, Kristen, we've got to talk. Come downstairs. Oh, my gosh, what I do? First thing I'm thinking, sit at the kitchen table. And they said, so we want to talk about the birds and the bees. Doug, I kid you not, I got up and ran out of the room and ran outside. Did you really? Because it's awkward. I didn't want to talk about that. Uh, Right. Actually, with our uh, older two, we made them sit down on the couch, and it was our daughter who was actually asking questions. And... (laughs) The and, look in your eye right and so now. So we we always what we understood was if they're asking questions, you know, you got to provide an answer. A, of explain sorts. so that they don't go. Which is what happened with me, and I, I'm sure several of my siblings. Some neighbor kid shared stuff with us that was actually not accurate, <laughs> and so um, we had this book. So we sit down on the couch. We oh, got this there book, you go. and the book kind of walks through and mm-hmm. uh, tasteful, you know, artistry and all that artistry? kind of Artistry? And art. <laughs> what kind of book did you get? <laughs> and and my, my, I remember my son was sitting on the couch and he was just like, he had these socks on and they weren't supposed to go all the way up to his knees, but he kept pulling them all the way up to his knees. <laughs> and then when we were done, we were like, well, you guys have any questions? And uh, my son's like, can I go back outside? And yep. my and my daughter looks at my wife and is like, weird. <laughs> and then a day later, she's like, can we talk? Can you go over that again? Ooh. Yeah. It's an anxiety-ridden subject, yeah. whether you're the one giving the conversation or receiving it. And there is another conversation that always makes us uncomfortable. We're not supposed to talk about that at the dinner table, for sure. Uh, no. Or money. Money. But no. with the holidays here, Thanksgiving and Christmas... It's a good time to not have the birds. In the, no, no, no. Please don't do that at Christmas <laughs> or, Thanksgiving. <laughs> or Thanksgiving for that. But sometimes a financial talk is not a bad idea. And actually, in a reverse way, we need to have the talk with our parents about their financial future. Personal finance journalist Cameron Huddleston tells CNBC that if you haven't done that, you probably should because it can save you time and money down the road. Most adult children are going to have to be involved in their parents' finances one way or the other. Everyone dies, and so when your parents die, you have to deal with what they've left behind. And if they don't have a will, that makes things a lot more complicated. But you can also get involved with your parents' finances when they are still living, if they need long-term care, if they haven't prepared properly for retirement, and you have to step in and help support them. If you wait until there's an emergency, it can be too late. 
It's a whole role reversal that feels very awkward. So where do we start? If you can only find out one thing, you need to find out whether they have estate planning documents. It sounds like it's something only wealthy people would have, like estate. You know, you have a mansion in the country, but that's not true. This is a will or a living trust, power of attorney, and a living will, which is also called an advanced health care directive. Doug, I think this is an important conversation because you're not an attorney, but you certainly know a lot of great estate attorneys in the area that you refer people to. But you, as a baby boomer, have had, I assume, the talk with your parents. I know they're no longer with us, but have had that talk, been through that, and have probably had to have a bit of a financial talk with your own children. Right. Are those key conversations to have? Are they vitally important? Oh, they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. you know, when someone passes away, if there's no planning, it's really those who are left behind. It's almost like crisis mode, mm-hmm. and they're trying to put the pieces together. And so by having the conversation, and I think there's ways to do it to where it's respectful and honoring, and even, I think, a really bonding type of, of scenario. And I, I have clients where you know, they've had that conversation and it's great. And then I have others where it's like there's purposefully a wall and, you know, they don't want their kids to know, you know, what's going on. What they do or don't have. What they do or don't have. And a big part of that is they don't trust that their kids are going to manage it well. And that's a whole nother conversation. But that talk is super important. And that's part of the first conversation I have. You know, do you have an up-to-date will? Do you have an up-to-date trust advanced directive for healthcare, those kinds of things. And very, very few, I would say less than 5%, confidently say yes. Hmm. There's some who don't have anything. And I would say most of them, they respond very sheepishly. And it doesn't matter whether they're super professional or or not. They answer very sheepishly, "Ah, no, I know we've been meaning to do that. It's just critical. And and part of it is because of how life evolves over time and there's stuff happens. People get married. People get divorced. Grandchildren come into the picture and people's intentions for their money, for their things, their legacy changes over time. And if you're not on top of those documents that I just mentioned – then what you had intended to go to, you know, your favorite niece mm-hmm. ends up getting split between her and her ex, who maybe mm. wasn't a good guy. Because you didn't change the paperwork. Because you didn't change the paperwork. So it is a key part of the the planning process. But it, it is it awkward. is awkward for people. And, you know, in our practice, we have many scenarios where we're working with people and their parents or working with people and their adult children. I would think that's kind of helpful in a lot of ways. It is helpful, but again, it depends on the family how open they are about those kinds of things and and talking about it. So how did the talk come about? Not that really awkward one you first had (laughs) with probably dad riding down the road. Right. But your parents, as we've talked about, great people, they have left this earth, and you'll see them again one day. Yep. But did the financial talk with them have to be instigated by you or did they come to you? Thankfully, my, my dad was proactive. And again, it typically happened in the car. <laughs> oh they, my gosh. they would be visiting and, you know, whether it's the grocery store or going to a golf course or wherever, he would bring it up. And they weren't long. 
he would just say, okay, so here's what I've decided to do relative to our life insurance or our long-term care or, hey, I will probably check out of here. That was the terminology used. <laughs> I will probably check out of here before your mom, mm-hmm. and she's a sharp lady, but I really want you to be you know, involved in this way. And That's one of the most loving things I think a man can do. Oh, is have a conversation like that with their kids. Well, and it wasn't just me. He had it with one of my brothers who my brother actually lived near him. And so he ended up becoming the financial power of attorney. And then one of my sisters ended up becoming the the healthcare honcho as I healthcare honcho. And so you know they had to work together. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in most families, when the folks start getting older and maybe there's some health issues, that there's one sibling who basically does all the work does everything i mean i think well uh, i'm an only child so i am the sibling that does so you are (laughs) you are the head honcho yes and i think the the other part of it has to do with i'll just call it privacy Mm -hmm. you know probate is public information even with your will you know it goes through probate and it's a it's public information and there's more details than that but if it's your desire or if it's someone's desire, if it's important that how things are going to be distributed when you check out, if it's important that that be private, then that's where a trust is going to be a good tool for you to explore. And I told you, maybe only 5% confidently tell me they've got these documents in place. It becomes a scenario where it just never bubbles up to the top. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think in that clip that you played, she said, you know, you don't want to wait until it's an emergency. And unfortunately, I think that is oftentimes what happens is that you get into this crisis mode. And there's other things, you know, uh, relative to, let's say, long-term care. You don't want to wait until it's a crisis mode and you've got to figure out, okay, where – how I've got to make a move immediately. immediately. Where do I go? And, and what do and I do? What we found, I know with my mom, once we realized, okay, dementia and Alzheimer's were way worse than we thought, there was waiting lists mm-hmm. to get into the places that we wanted mm-hmm. her to be in. And, and that was a huge challenge. That's the other thing. I, you know, I said my dad had the conversation with me. I think my mom had been suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's longer than we knew and worse than we knew, even when we began to notice that, hey, she just told me that a second time, my dad covered for her. Because he loves her and respects her. Right. But it was like she could sit here at the table and laugh when you and I laugh and nod and you wouldn't know anything. Seem fully engaged. And so it's almost like, okay, well, if something happened to him quickly, okay, now we do have a crisis on our hands. And so there's the healthcare part of that, but then there's just the the legacy part of it or the estate planning part of it and do we have the proper tools in place to execute her you know their wishes mm-hmm. and everybody has wishes sometimes i have to draw that out of people everybody has okay i really want you know everything to be split evenly mm-hmm. you know that's easy but it changes as you know we've got blended families i had a conversation yesterday with a a woman and Four of the kids are hers, and one of them is his. And, okay, well, so how does that look? You know, how are your life insurance policies set up? How are your beneficiary designations set up on your various accounts? I mean, and she's done a great job, but she's like, yeah, we don't really have that stuff put together like we should. 
because it's awkward. It's awkward and it's super easy to put off. You and I have a mutual friend that lives out in Utah. He's got six kids that are college and below. And he has said it is his goal that his last check to the funeral home bounces. Right. He's not really focused on that legacy. Not that he wants to hurt his children, but he right. wants to enjoy what he and his wife have worked so hard for. Right. You know this guy I do too. He's going to take care of his kids and do a little something for them. Right. But my point is not everyone has that goal of or is able to pass down something to their children. But when they do have that goal or there's something left over, the tax implications of that can be really tough on the one receiving that air quote gift that someone has left as a legacy. And that's part of the planning that you look at too. Correct. Yeah, I mean the and the and the laws have changed the Secure Act changed, you know, uh, how beneficiaries can take money over time. Uh, you know, it used to be able to be stretched out forever. Um, now it's a much more compressed time frame. And so it could, depending upon how much you have and how it's structured, and a lot of the discussion politically around, okay, let's do away with this benefit, this step up mm -hmm. in basis, that could have a dramatic impact on millions of people whose folks have done know, well, done well, and aren't you know worth thirty or forty million dollars, but. They have seven figures that they want to pass along and to say uh, – Or that they're going to have to pass along because they – They can't spend it all. Exactly. And then you know the kids get it and it's, they've got a big tax bill. So what do you do in those situations as a financial advisor? You're not an attorney. So you suggest take care of this estate planning stuff, go talk to a guy, get all that handled. But with these accounts and these investments – there is this possibility of a tax hit to your son, to your daughter, to the organization that you want to give to. When those situations come up, and especially, like you said, the tax talks that are happening right now, mm -hmm. what can people do to be more proactive about that and make sure that those tax implications don't hurt those that we love down the road? First, you have to be very realistic about what you have and, and where where it sits. You know, Is it in a tax qualified account or is it in a brokerage account or what kind of gains have you had so if you understand where you are today and then we we have to talk about okay well where do we want to be and and we want to mitigate generally speaking as much as possible a big tax hit to anybody mm -hmm. uncle sam is going to get his but we don't want to give him it more than we should exactly right and so it's a matter of exploring different strategies you know one of the things i've had multiple clients do because of their situations and because of where they believe tax rates are going is they've done Roth conversions. You know, that has the possibility of impacting them, of having a positive tax mitigation effect right now, but even down the road then when it gets passed along. You know, the other thing that we take a look at is what, what vehicles do they have in place relative to life insurance as a for instance. And so it's really digging into those different types of financial tools and strategies to make sure that we're doing everything we can to take advantage of what the tax codes say today. But we, we've got to kind of look into the future a little bit and say, okay, well, what if the step up in basis goes away? What's going to happen then? And so we, we play those what if and we have some software that helps us do that to say, well, what if this happens? 
down the road. So it's a process of sitting down and communicating. You know, we've been talking about communicating with your parents and vice versa. And and so if you're working with someone like us, it's like, okay, let's put the cards on the table so we understand what we really have and we know what we need to change. Whether you're the adult child wanting to make sure everything is taken care of for mom and dad or your mom and dad and you have adult children and you need to give them a heads up about a few things. What's a good way to approach this initial conversation? Because as we've joked about in the beginning, the talk is awkward. It is. I would schedule it. Really? I would schedule it. You know, let's say Thanksgiving. People arrive on Wednesday or Tuesday or whatever. If if you can schedule 15 minutes 30 minutes, maybe, if that. And you can have that conversation, and then you have the rest of the holiday weekend, if it comes up while you're cutting turkey (laughs) or making a turkey sandwich, you can talk in in more detail. But I think scheduling it indicates the importance of that, and it's something that is absolutely worthy of everybody's time. And so much about the holidays is about expressing love to your family members, and I think it's an amazing way to express your love for someone, to say, hey, I want to I make sure I understand how this is all set up so that we can honor you even more you know, down the road. Interact with the podcast and explore thriving more in your retirement at secondhalfcapital.com. Investment advisory services through Retirement Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Second Half Capital and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal, accounting, or investments regarding their applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investment and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by retirement wealth advisors.